This is the proper animal. This is the All I Eat is Steak podcast. What a day we had. What a day. And we just got to say it again. We are so grateful that God has graced us with the carnivore way of eating. Like, it's hard to quantify how much that is dominating our lives now. Like, just that thought that we get to eat like this. We have the secret. We've been doing it for 18 plus months. And we're just, like, we noticed the difference between us and pretty much everybody else before all this started to happen, before the corona panic of 2020. And now that the world is in full meltdown mode, in a total panic, like, it really is the crazy thing that we were saying last year, which is like we are breaking down into two different types of species, the carnivore or the strict carnivore, and then everybody else. And we had a great example of that today. First of all, we had a great day. We've been running outside. Uh, the last two days, we, we ran twice a day. So it's about four miles. So eight miles the last two days. And today we ran in the morning. First thing was amazing. A beautiful day too. Just a gorgeous day. And something, there's some other type of effect that happens when you run right by the ocean. Uh, not only the visual component of just looking out at that gorgeous, crisp blue ocean with many surfers in it, uh, but some sort of like something physical is also happening. And I'm not just talking about the mist and the, the beautiful breeze and the sun. There's some sort of invisible field, negative ions um, that are just like surrounding your body and feeling and filling you with healing beautiful light energy and it's just a tremendous feeling and we're so blessed to be able to do that so we did that this morning then we came in uh bay's already at work bay was up actually before us this morning she went out and did her run earlier she's working away and uh i actually i i've been turning on my i'm making it a point to keep my phone and all my screens off for 12 hours a day i, I mean i did that before this uh, but it's super essential to do now. If you can, if you can, you, you know, you turn your phone off for 12 hours and then during the course of your day, you're going to put it down for several hours as well. So that way you really can only max out your screen time at around six hours a day on any screens. And uh, that's where we shoot to keep it. It's been much more in the past few weeks fighting a battle. We, we, have a purpose though we are fighting a battle here we're fighting the the fear meme battle on social media and the fear meme battle is uh you know it was it was fear was winning and fear is probably still has the upper hand but that is slowly shifting and our thesis that the fake news will is not ever even going to touch but is making the rounds to the smart people and to the business people. And, you know, one of the reasons why you saw the market has been so strong the last couple of days is what we've been saying for a month plus that this virus... Well, first we're going to tell you the, the 
more comfortable version of this and the more palatable version. And then we're going to tell you the uncomfortable version, which this version that we're telling you right now was very uncomfortable for people even a few days ago, but now it's becoming, you know, much more comfortable for people. And that's that this thing's been around like the, to think that like China blockaded itself and it didn't get out anywhere in a globalized connected world is just insane. So to, to think that this thing wasn't here for three months, six months, maybe even a year I'm hearing uh, is bonkers. And so that being the case, then the idea that we've all been exposed to it already to a certain extent, it's got to be true. And it's, and as we test more people and we're able to fully test the world now at a much greater rate, see all the tests that are coming back, uh, you know, especially the, the local tests, the U.S. tests are of cases where people feel very sick. People feel very sick and they're going into the hospital and they're saying, probably because they're scared more than anything else, doctor, am I dying? And so they're administered a test and if they come up positive, they go into the pool. They go into the pool of people and most of them, even those people, most of them, Nearly all of them that do not have a pre-existing condition live. But there's a giant other pool of people. There's the general population that may have even have test positive for the coronavirus or been exposed to the coronavirus and have no symptoms. And, you know, that's what is being discovered now as tests get pushed out. And so this is just, we've been saying this now for a month and that that the that's great actually that we're all kind of like we've all been exposed to it already because most of us have developed immunity to it especially if we've had it um and i don't know you know we the destroyer and i think we have it we we don't know we we, we don't know we don't need to know actually all we need to know is that the mortality rate now in the country that has tested the widest the country that has done the most testing is Iceland, and they just came out with this this morning, mortality rate of 0.003. So that's three people out of a thousand. Three people out of a thousand, and that is trending lower. Okay, the New York Times ran an article said it was one person out of a thousand, which is slightly less than the flu. So this is just not... Dangerous. This is a manufactured crisis by the media for their own agenda. We don't need to get into politics right now, but they have a very specific agenda of what they want, and they are aligned with the left, and so you can just figure it out for yourself, and that's what's happening right now. And they have created, they did a great job of creating this hysteria and panic in this country. I was thinking of something else. And, and that was this. If you just reported the flu numbers and you called the flu something else, like you called it the super flu or the super bug, and you reported the number of deaths per day and you just started recording them and talking about them in the news, 
the whole country would shut down for a year because the, those numbers are actually astronomically higher, those deaths. The, so the, the, the comfortable, the, the, what, the what was the uncomfortable truth just a few days ago is becoming more comfortable that this is actually um, not deadly at all and it's a manufactured crisis. Uh, very difficult for people to hear that. You know, people are still very much hanging on to that, but that's what the data is now showing us. And when that test, when Iceland's test goes, you know, I'm not sure if Iceland is done testing or if they're going to keep going broader with it. What it will likely point to is what the Wall Street Journal article from last night pointed to, which is something along the lines of one person out of a thousand that has the thing will die from it. And that one person will probably have a, a 90% probability of having a pre-existing condition. So that brings us to the uncomfortable truth tonight, right? We love to, to say the uncomfortable truth tonight. Think about this logically and that everything we've done thus far has just been based on logic and very simple math. If... 99.2%, let's say, of the Italian deaths involve pre-existing conditions. And what I found out just earlier today was the way that they, at least there, categorized the death was after a person died, right, from whatever it was, they would test them for COVID-19. After they were already dead. And if they had COVID-19 in the body, along with cancer, along with heart disease, along with all the other pre-existing conditions that may have existed in that person, and in Italy it was 99.2% of them, they called it a COVID-19 death. And that was it. The analysis was over at that point. So... If you X all of those numbers out, then take, let's just, let's just take, you don't even have to X them all out. Just take half of them out. Then that means the, the number in Italy is about half of what it is. That means the, the and, and we don't have any data as to the pre-existing conditions. Yeah, I don't. It probably is out there of the Americans who have died with pre-existing conditions. But just think about that, right? So... What, then what would be the uncomfortable truth is? Is that this thing isn't even real. This thing hasn't even killed... This thing has killed maybe a few thousand people that didn't have pre-existing conditions since this thing started. Look, we're not minimizing any one particular death, but just the way that this thing is being categorized might even point to the fact that this thing never existed in the first place. Or that, you know, it did, but, you know, coronaviruses... As we've said, they have been around for a long time and they make up about 20, 15, 20% of all types, all flu, all flus. So very suspect, just a very suspect thing from the beginning. Uh, the good news though, is that now we just have no problem at all walking around and being outside all day. Um, of course, we are abiding by the law, right? But there's a, a higher law, of course, that we serve. But there's even a higher law than California law that's still man-made, right? I'm not even talking about 
God's law. I'm talking about the Constitution of the United States that it is not legal for the state of California to tell a business that they must shut down. And as the parties dilly-dally with their relief efforts, it becomes a ticking time bomb as rent is due. And it's fascinating to see the pushback on that and also fascinating to hear our leaders in California, Eric Arcetti and Gavin Newsom, really pump up the fear, right? Really put the pedal to the metal on the feel, on the feel, fear button. And hopefully that by the time the, their elections come up, they'll be out. I don't know. Californians are very gullible so far. They're weak. They're plant-based. So we're just, we just feel so blessed to be a carnivore because it's just n- none of this has ev- ever really gotten to us in any real way. I think we rabbit-holed for a little while in the, uh, a few weeks ago. It might have lasted like an hour where we were kind of off. Uh, but we're stronger than ever. We're stronger every day. We're training harder than ever. We're, you know, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So we're running so hard in the beach. We're loving life. And, you know, we're, you know, fighting wars on Facebook with people who just really want to be scared. And they just, for whatever reason, want it to be the worst case scenario. You know, subconsciously, they want chaos, and they're rooting for it. And it's sick. It's quite sick when I see people I know and love and care about. You can tell they're rooting for, for bad news. And it's disappointing. But the good news is I just knew. I knew it. You know, I, you never know anything for sure. It's all God's will. But I had a high degree of confidence that this thing is close to being over. And I know that, you know, if you're maybe listening to this for the first time, you're like, what are you, insane? And, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm actually, the more people that think, that, you know, all the people that told me I was crazy to go to China and to go to Thailand and have the best week of my life a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, same people, are, they're, they're the same people that are like, this is going to kill millions of people and it's just not going to happen. It's just... It's that's bizarre that you might think that. Um, another uncomfortable truth I want to talk about is this. So, at each stage of the way, just if you've been with us from the beginning, and, and, and most of you that are listening now have, is like you can go back and you can say, Holy cow, he did say that a month ago, and he's been saying that all along, and now it's like conventional wisdom. It's just like, no, that we've, we've trained our whole life to be a contrarian. You know, zero to, run, zero to one, Peter Thiel. Read that book if you want to train to be a contrarian. Um, but you need to do more than read the book. You have to put it into practice. Um, usually the way, we, the way we learned how to do it is in the, the different equity markets, stock markets, buying stuff low, selling it high. So basically when everyone is fearful, you buy. When everyone is greedy, you sell. Real simple. 
Uh, and that means you have to go against the grain, and that means you're going to do things that, that rub people the wrong way, and you're going to be unpopular a lot of times, and you're going to trigger people. But with the, the people that I triggered on Facebook, and there was a lot of them that came at me, was what they don't understand is I'm grateful for them because they signaled to me that I was right or that I was moving towards something that was accurate because of who they were and how many of them were triggered. You know, the kind of the, it was a similar group of people that are generally not going to be right collectively altogether. Like you just can bet against that. And it's not, it has nothing to do with IQ, some, some of the smartest people I know. Um, but it's just kind of like this, you know, high, higher education can be a crutch a lot of times. You know, the people, the very few people that I saw that got that this was not quite there. There was actually, I would say, I would take the, the, I, the destroyer is very high IQ, but he, he's the exception to prove the rule. Most of the other people that intuitively understood that this, most of this was just nonsense and BS weren't high, very high IQ. You know, maybe ha- average IQ, not a lot of education, but just a lot of street sense. You know, successful, but not necessarily high IQ, and they got it right away. And I can literally count on, like, one hand those people that were willing to at least speak up. But now those people, are it's becoming more and more, and it's almost becoming a conventional wisdom. And that's how contrarianism works. It's not that you're just, like, always swimming against the tide. It's like you swim against the tide in the beginning, and it's like you're swimming against the tidal wave. It's you versus the tidal wave. And then... If you get the timing right, and I, I had this habit when I first started of being just way too early and not really being able to survive. So you have to, your timing has to be pretty good. You have to get in there right before the, the sentiment shifts. And so that's like a surfer. It's like all the surfers I saw out there this morning. And so when it shifts, it's just like you don't have to do anything. You're just like, oh my God, you were right about that. Right, and, and you're not gonna you're, you're gonna you're not gonna get that from the people that you that you argued with. They're never gonna admit they're wrong, uh, but that serves a purpose as well because they'll come back the next time. Right, they'll come back and attack again the next time and be wrong again. So it's like it's like Eddie Mush and Goodfellas. It's like you can always bet against that. So what the the other uncomfortable truth is, and this is. This gets into a little bit of la-la land, a little weird, but we're going to push on it just like we pushed on that last one. So the first uncomfortable truth now, the end of March here, is that the virus itself is actually doesn't really exist or is not. I mean, like I get it. People are dying. People are absolutely dying in New York, but we're still not quite clear on what uh, you know. There's still not a heck of a lot of evidence showing that the the people that are dying are like without without pre-existing conditions. Okay, we haven't seen anything that says that. So, if this thing, whatever it is, is killing, let's say, a few hundred people, uh, the flu is killing a few thousands of people, like, like exponentially more people on a per diem. It's just not being reported. The hospitals being overwhelmed in New York, of course they're being overwhelmed. You scared the F out of them, mainstream media and social media and crazy people. And this is where we get to our our second uncomfortable truth, and that's 
the placebo effect. Uh, we know that uh, through our work under the, the incredible meditation teacher, Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza, which we like took his stuff and we just ran with it and we taught his stuff for several years now is the power of the mind and the power that the, the, the mind can have over the body. And that how one can heal himself or herself like Dr. Joe Dispenza did when he had a massive uh, bike accident in, in a bike race where he got hit by a truck and he was able to repair his vertebrae with his mind and he said if he could do that, he made an agreement with, the, with his higher power, if he could do that, that he would teach other people how to do it and he's done a great job with that. He's done, there's been a lot of healing and he's created a lot of healing and I, I've just seen it myself. I've seen it in my, in my own body. I've seen it with my students is that you're able with the power of your mind to heal thyself. At a very high success rate. And even, so even in the medical community, the placebo effects works 30 times. So if you have a medicine that you're testing, it has to be better than that to get approved. So if, if the power of the mind without any training at all can, tra- can, can, can work 30% of the time, then how many people could you kill? And this is sick and sad. How many people could you kill if you scare the shit out of everybody? And especially the weakest and the oldest who might be more susceptible to that negative brainwashing. How many people could you kill? And the idea behind Dr. Joe Dispenza's healing placebo of the mind deal is simply this. And this is scientific. This has been proven. This has been shown. But... When the body takes a placebo pill, say the placebo pill that is going to help them with, I don't know, a uh, heart problem. The mind, the body, before the, well, actually, before the placebo even enters the bloodstream, okay, first of all, it's, it, the placebo is just a sugar pill, so there's nothing in it. Before it enters the bloodstream, just the act of taking it and the patient's belief that this is going to help them, the body begins to create all these healing chemicals within it. And then the healing occurs. If there's a high degree of skepticism on the, on the patient, it probably won't happen. So why couldn't you think your way into dying. Uncomfortable. But with the numbers of deaths and there's another thing that's been very surprising to me. This is the, the, the probably the most surprising thing to me is that people's inability to scale any of this stuff, like to put it up against, let's say, the population their inability to do that kind of just division is just mind-boggling to me. You know, 20 people in L.A. County 
all with pre-existing conditions may you know so we so if, if it's a pre-existing condition maybe it was a pre-existing condition that killed this person maybe it was that combined with the fear implanted in their brain that this thing was real or maybe it was maybe it was this actual virus you know hard to say at this point but let's say even if it is 20 let's say say it's 20 and it's real divided by 10 million people you can't even get the you could not you would need a calculator to do that so I was just surprised that people couldn't get the, the how small this actually is relative to the to the population of the earth which is like 8 billion people you just divide everything by 8 billion you, st- you can't do the math uh, so I'm hoping and I, and I think it is that like this is just like this kind of narrative that it will not be reported by the mainstream media but that hey you know what maybe uh, just logically you know we've all been exposed to this already so you know flattening the curve is kind of nonsense maybe there's a psychological benefit to it um, that's another thing when you have nearly universal opinion saying flatten the curve it's got to be wrong it's got to at least be incomplete. So we started to look at that, and then we're like, you know, there's no way this thing didn't spread. It's like, yeah, it's just stuck around in China for the however long the year it was there. Probably, who knows if it even started there, if it's been around since, by some reports, a year. You know, we, we're going to get into that at some point also. Like, is this man-made? Like, we will dig into that as well. This is everything. It's just so fascinating. But what we want to do right now is we're, we're at war. We're at the meme war against fear. We're, 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 it's, we're the proper animal against fear. Now, the Destroyer is great because he's like, he's like all over our podca- podcast and all over the other podcasts. And he's like Paul Saladino uh, and Joe Rogan, obviously. You know, but he, Paul Saladino even has a much bigger audience than we do. And Joe Rogan, like, just the biggest audience in the world, saying the same thing now. The color that, that, he, that I got from, from the Destroyer was that what about like probably probably landed in Vegas first? Of course, Chinese love gambling. It's like it probably it, it, if if it was in China first, it was in Vegas second. So how could we not not all of us be kind of exposed to this thing? And we are believing those numbers out of Iceland. And Iceland, you might think to yourself, well, Iceland, isn't that uh, like somewhat isolated? No, Iceland is a huge European uh, travel um, in between, between Europe and the U.S. There are uh, multiple airlines that stop in Reykjavik and go to Europe, different parts of Europe. So... Um, Iceland's a good, and they have enough. They have enough cases where it's like, and they have a they have very good governance there, so they are actually able to test more people. But what my buddy on Twitter, the scientist on Twitter, who I've been interacting with, says is like, we actually need a much much bigger test. Like we ought to just test. Like so, Washington has been the the kind of like west coast epicenter of this thing and so we've actually he wants to test the entire state of washington he says it would cost two million bucks i mean that's i'd like to put that money together and get that done that would be a great contribution but what i what i think will happen eventually is 
Like, like it, even to, if we raise that money tomorrow, I, like, I think by the time we finish that study, it would already be more conventional wisdom that, okay, this thing is much more widely um, spread, and therefore the mortality rate is, is lower than the flu. So, again, we're not minimizing this thing. Like, people are, people, if you're, if you're, if you, if you are 70 plus and you have a pre existing condition, my belief, belief is if you're 70 or 80 or 90 plus, but you're in robust health, which really in this country these days is so hard to do, you really have to reject all of Western medicine. You've had to reject Western medicine your whole life. Maybe you were a strict carnivore and didn't tell anybody. Um, but if you're in robust health at that age, th- then uh, you're, not, you're fine. So if you're in robust health in any age, the mortality rate is effectively zero. Now, whether this thing can, can F you up if you're metabolically healthy and like still kind of make you off, like, we, like I've, I've gotten reports that people have been off for long periods of time, and I don't think that uh, the destroyer and I, when we said we were off, I think we were off for maybe a week, but it was not, I would not, I did not, I was training hard that week, I remember, I just felt a little bit off. I mean, I actually hope that was it. So if that was it, easy day, man. Easy day. But I can see if I wasn't a strict carnivore, you know, if I was, ha- if I was adding sugar to my diet, even a little bit of sugar, that that might have fucked me up for more than, you know, for, for a month maybe. And so we're, we're just, we have no idea about that. My, I have another guess, another intuitive guess, is that if you're a strict carnivore and you've been doing it for any period of time, it's going to be really difficult for you to, to be sick for any period of time more than a day. Uh, just another example, Bay started to get sick um, a couple of nights ago. And I'm like, don't worry, honey, you're going to be better in 12 hours. And she was better in 12 hours. I'm so grateful for this way of eating. And I'm so grateful I get to share it. So as long as we're fireside chatting, we're going to meander a little bit longer. So today we had this amazing day. We've had amazing days. We're really taking advantage of this quarantine. We're, we're, we're outside. We get to go to our shooting range and shoot our gun. That is, uh, for, for whatever reason, open. I love it. They're very patriotic. You know, they, they, they very much believe that, um, you know, they're, they're abiding by the law. They're, they're keeping people apart. They're not allowing uh, so many people in at the same time. Um, you know, therefore, each time I've been there, the, they sell ammo as well. The line has been around the block. And then this morning I went and the line to get into actual sh- just a shoot was just taking too long. So I said, okay, I'm going to go see my buddies. So I drove up to the – okay, so I drove up from – uh, Inglewood on the 405 up to the valley, Valley Village, which is like north of Studio City. So on a typical LA Wednesday, is today Wednesday? It's hard to tell, right? On a typical LA Wednesday, that would take me an hour, maybe more, maybe longer. And it took me like 15 minutes. So that was great. So I get up there, I go into the Whole Foods, Whole Foods running this whole... F- like just so stupid like 
kind of like quarantine, like make it, it just was, I'm, I'm super grateful that the Whole Foods, to the Whole, to the Whole Foods and their amazing ability and their Amazon, Jeff Bezos and their distribution, they've, we, there's always states there. It's been phenomenal. I'm super grateful to Whole Foods. But, you know, just everybody right now is just like running this like you got to somehow wait in line to go in. They can't have that many people inside. It's just so dumb. And uh, but I had this incredible, this is like super cute cashier. And she was just had such a great attitude. And those people are heroic, not because it's dangerous, but because they're getting it everywhere that it's the the plague and they're showing up and lacing it up and going to work and I know that the majority of them like the majority of Americans right now you know believe some of the wor- it's the worst case scenario but they're lacing it up anyways and going to work and just for all you flat earthers or you flatten the curvers like why is it if you if you really believe that that I need to stay home and that everybody needs to stay home because it's so dangerous, then, then why is it not too dangerous for the Whole Foods cashier? Like, is, is it it's safe for them but not for you? This is all kinds of logical inconsistencies to this thing, and it's unconstitutional as well. But we'll be back to work sooner than, than I can imagine. There's already, I heard about a couple of lawsuits against the state already. You can't close people's businesses down. You can't take away their livelihood and then give them no aid. You know, this, uh, these second, third order effects are already way worse than the, this, this thing, uh, this virus. Uh, so, but th- I, I'm, I'm landing the plane here. I'm, I'm just saying that like, so I, got, I, get, I get like six ribeyes at Whole Foods, like 70 bucks. You know, they weren't super big, but ribeyes, because they're so fatty and so tasty, they're very filling and they're very calorie dense and very nutrient. They're the most nutrient dense thing you can eat besides an organ meat. Went over to see my, my very alpha male brethren, two dudes I've known them my whole life. One guy's a football coach at UCLA. Other guy's a armed security guard, a bodyguard, basically for Hollywood people. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, they're about as alpha as you can come. If I'm going to foxhole them with those two guys, but I was more chill than them. You know, I just, I'm a carnivore and they're not. They see it, but they're both addicted to sugar. They're both addicted to sugar. They know it. At least they know it now. And they're seeing me. And I'm bringing over the steaks. And, you know, it's fascinating. Like, I'm like, let's eat. And so I'm like, I brought, we get two each, right? And they're like, no, no, I don't need two. I'll have one. So they each had one. I had two. So these, both of these guys are twice my size. But I had my two. And I was like, oh, man. Feeling really good. And they they also were feeling really good. Like life changed for everyone as soon as we ate. Because it had been it was kinda late afternoon. We all settled down, we chilled out, we watched, you know, some TV, which I don't recommend. Even Fox News. It's just like it's all sensationalism. 
James Altucher has just been amazing on this. James Altucher is just like this super kind of nerdy New York guy. This like Woody Allen-esque uh, uh, New Yorker guy, but he's a brilliant financial mind, great trader. Uh, he's a Jim Cramer buddy. And he's just been dead on accurate on this. And like talk about a new world order. There's been a, there's absolutely a new order in content. Like James Altucher, for me, just moved to the top of my list. And pretty much everyone else moved down. Everyone. And I'm, I'm not going to name names because I'm not going to like unsubscribe to their newsletters. I'm not going to stop reading their stuff. But they don't get the attention anymore from me that I had given them previously. Like if the letter comes in and I just don't feel like I don't have time. Like these are guys that if like their letter came in, I was going to make it a point to read that letter before that email got discarded. And now it's like, I'm not even sure. So James Altucher is one of those guys that's, I don't, and I'm, I'm going to repeat this. I'm not like dumping these people, but they've just been it's incredible. I've just seen weakness across the board. I've seen very, I've seen very few of my heroes speak in a way that was better than what I've been presenting. Which is good. Good for me, I guess. Good for the carnivore way of eating. Uh, none of them are carnivores. None of them are strict carnivores. Baker, he's still up there. Mark Bell, still up there. But some of these kind of old school guys that I've been following for, for much longer than the carnivore guys, uh, they were kind of weak. All of Silicon Valley, so weak on this thing. Uh, and, you know, there's been, a, just a, there's been a reordering of things, in, at least in the proper animal's mind, as to who's who. Now, but James Altucher just moved up. He moved up in the rankings from probably like maybe a top hundred guy to like one or two in the like modern kind of guys that I'm going to follow and, and listen to everything that he says and do everything that he tells me to do. And he's, because he's been dead on in this, he's, he's having, having the same the, the same realization at the same time as we did, but he has a much bigger audience and he's much more able to kind of like. He, he, he's taken the risk of, of being the, what I said, he's taking the risk of saying the same things that I've said with a, mu- with a much greater risk, you know, with a much bigger following. And um, he's moved up the scale. Uh, my alpha buddies, you know, I'm like, I'm in the foxhole with them, but I'm the one that's like calling the shots now because I'm the most clear-headed. If you're fearful, if you're full of fear, you cannot make, you can't even do math. Jocko, of course, has been great because what, what I love the most about Jocko is that I know on the inside, he's saying, this is the biggest bunch of pussies I've ever seen in my life. He's like, I can't believe how, but he can believe it because he's worked, he's worked with like CEOs and stuff like that. And he knows that basically right now, we're the biggest bunch of pussies to ever walk the planet. The, the, the beta male kind of era is over, but you know we're, we're, we're still working through that. And the best thing of Jocko is that he hasn't said that. He's thinking it, but he hasn't said it yet. 
David Goggins, of course, has been saying that for, for years now, and he's totally right. Uh, and we're not, like, we, <laughs> this isn't hard for us. It's like, we're just, like, this is so easy. It's so easy just to be like, no, the mainstream media is lying to you. Here's what the facts are. Here's the truth. I don't care if you don't like it. It's just easy. Like, that's so simple for us to do, but it's so challenging for the rest of the world. Life is easy. David Goggins got it right. He said this a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. He said, it's easy to be good when, the war- when everyone else is so weak. And so then, full circle again, I am grateful for this way of eating. Because while I got physically strong and mentally sharper as, as on the ketogenic way of eating, it wasn't until I became a strict carnivore that I leveled up to the point where I'm now, in my estimation, like, no, I don't need to read Tim Ferriss's letter anymore. I just don't. If I have time, I'll take a peek. And it really is now at the point where, and this is what you're going to, as, as, as newer carnivores, you're going to start to really start to micro calibrate these things in your own body. And you're going to realize you're, you're just not going to believe how effective it is. Like if you're ever in, 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 uh, the, throughout the course of your day, as you meditate a lot and you become incredibly mindful and become credi- incredibly self-aware of, of what you're feeling in every moment, when you ever feel a little bit off or if you're ever feeling a little bit sick, just have a steak. It's like it fixes everything. Whatever problem you think you have, have some steak. Have some ground beef. Have some in and out Have some Flying Dutchman. Just have that and then decide. Then decide how you feel. And it'll change your life on the spot. And it's a secret. And even during this crisis, people are resisting it. But... A lot of great things is, are going to come out of this, and we will come out of this, and we will, it will happen faster than you think. And one of them is, who are you going to believe? And the other one is going to be, if you have been able to kind of lead and just not be completely a complete lunatic and fold and cower... If you've been able to lead and be rational, people will be banging down your door. And we're so happy and so blessed to admit, to, to, to share that we were just asked by uh, Angel City Sports. Angel City Sports are paraplegics and quadriplegics who compete at this very, very high level uh, in Los Angeles in different athletic events. So the power games and, and, and things like that. And I am, was just asked, after having spoken with them for about six months, they asked me, say, hey, look, we're really, the, our guys, our kids are really struggling. Uh, we could really use that meditation. Everyone wants to meditate now. And so all that, you know, all the stuff that we've been doing our whole life, 
you know, people are wanting it. And the interesting thing is, uh, we're teaching more than ever our meditation, but our, our teaching is so informed by how, how good we feel on this way of eating that it's like, it's leveled up. Right. So we have all this content from, from even a year ago, many years ago of our meditations, but like, we don't even like, we look at that and like, Oh, that's pretty good. But the stuff we're doing now is because we're a carnivore is next level. We're extraordinarily grateful for this way of eating. We're extraordinarily grateful that you're here. We hope you're on this way of eating. We hope you're giving it a fair shot. It's not easy in the beginning, but then it's so easy. And it's like, why would you do anything else? And I can say with full authenticity that this past, whatever, however long this quarantine has lasted, plus the trip we made to Asia when everyone told us not to has been the best couple of weeks of our life. But we could, like, if you asked us that, Two weeks ago, we would have said the previous two weeks were the best two weeks of our life. And if he asked us that previously, we would have said the previous two weeks were the best two weeks of our life. And on and on and on, all the way back to when we started this way of eating. It's that simple. It just keeps getting better and better and better and better. Stay on the path. Get after it. This is The Proper Animal. This is the All Ages Steak Podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good night.